1: Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are talking all things healthcare. Larry, I wanted to jump right into. I think it was the last show or two. Mm-hmm. You pulled up a stat, and you were talking about a 1.1 billion dollar in rebates. Yes. So, I mean, yes. I, I was just digesting that after you mentioned it, and let's let's talk a little right. bit about that.
2: Well, you You're know, talking about paybacks, right? We're talking about paybacks to employers, right? Who pay premiums. If the employer didn't, the pay the insurance company didn't use 80 on a large and 85% of their medical loss ratio, meaning claims to a premium. Okay. That's the percent. Right. If they don't use 80 or 85%, they have to pay that back at the end of the year. Gotcha. And because of the COVID reduction in expenditures over an average of 2021 20, and 22 this year employers are going to get a 1.1 billion dollar rebate overall
1: interesting that's a lot of money that is a lot of money yeah. and and man that is complicated it like is. how they get the money yeah the, it's, wow. it's a formula yeah interesting so so this is going to be
2: but that's actually good news for the industry dr mark
1: well, I mean, it it yeah. makes sense because yeah. otherwise it goes in as straight profits exactly. to the insurance company. Exactly, and so this is another kind of piece yeah. that, that you know we talk about sense. a
2: billion here, a billion there. Well, yeah, actually, they're going to give a billion. billion back.
1: Yeah, no, that, that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's that's good. That's yeah. good. I, I wonder if we'll get any any follow up or sort of, you know, it's like a class action suit. Is it um, out of that billion dollars, like how many payouts is it? Like how yeah. how many accounts? It's a, a one
2: time payout by employer. And it would equal up to that one point one. No, I know dollars.
1: like so I yep. wonder how many employers if it was a oh. if it was a billion employers, it's a dollar each. Yeah, right. 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 So and I just yeah. wonder if, no, if I how see that works where you're out. Going. Yeah. I'm
2: not sure what the dollars are. I can look into s- it. Sometimes
1: yep. the, the I think in the numbers that we, we talk all the time, sometimes the scale is so large yep. you really can't yep. you know, it's like it's a huge number. Under any circumstance, until you realize that it's so diluted, like it's like a class action suit, yeah, right. Yeah, so, a yeah. hundred million dollar settlement a it class action might suit seem like a lot, and, and you get two bucks exactly. if, you're, if you're actually a claimant. So. Yeah, and you see that every now and then. Yeah, yeah. No, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's follow up on that. Let's, okay, we'll see I how, will. We'll see will. how many uh, how many shows we can yeah. stretch that across. Yeah, exactly. you know? maybe maybe they'll go on. Yeah. But we got some more good things to talk about here. We've got some. Uh, we we talked about this again previously. Mm-hmm. The nine. Healthcare mega trends yep. that are and,
2: predicted for now to the end of the decade.
1: Right. So this is from uh, Health Affairs forefront. Yes, that's and, right. And it's you know it's more of a you know it's an interest piece, right? It is. And like we it said, is. we're jumping right into part two because we looked at part one and we weren't too impressed, right? Yep. Right. So so let's right. talk about what's on part two.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, the first one is more automation in healthcare, and that's kind of a slam dunk when you look at AI and all the the EMRs and all the extra stuff that you're getting from a. IT perspective more automation Dr. Mark
1: Yeah and I I think it's I mean it's it's naive to assume there's going to be less right um I I do think that we're still uh, at a very early point in true automation and I don't want to mix the idea of of AI the way we're using it currently or robotics the way we use it currently, because that's not automation. Neither of those things are automation. Those are just other tools. Right. What we're
2: talking about in automation is check-in, medication dispensing, quality reporting, adjudication, and even
1: treatment. Right. And those things are really not replacing workers. Right. Um, It's really not doing anything that is potentially hazardous to a patient it's more efficiently following up on the metrics that we know are important yep. for better health and savings in healthcare. Exactly. So so i can definitely definitely see that and you know we we talked a few segments ago about yep. you know having call centers yep and not, not having responses. This is kind of the, uh, the flip side of that where it's going to be automated. So even if you don't have the person to make that call, that call can be delivered.
2: Right. Well, you know, the most important one, when it comes to physicians is prior authorization alone is the most cumbersome and hated things physicians have to do.
1: It is, it is, but, but yeah, as you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that are, they've dropped preauthorization. Yep. And even when they authorize something, we've said this many times before. That Disclaimer doesn't, doesn't mean they're going to pay for <laughs> That's it. That's right. And so I, I do worry. And it doesn't that even there's mean be that your that.
2: patient is even covered by insurance. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. No, so I That's think right. I think that has to be fixed before yep. Yep. before that makes any any yep. difference in the in the game, right?
2: Well, you know, and and going back to that comment about uh, disclaimers, mm-hmm. I personally believe in. You know, I've run an HMO and a health plan back in the nineties and two thousands. And in my opinion, if you're given an authorization for service, it should be paid,
1: period. Yeah. I know and that. I know you agree with No, it that. it yeah. is. I mean, it's the cost of doing business. Yeah. And if your processes are so ineffective that you're gonna make mistakes, then fix them. Exactly. And in the insurance world And
2: don't leave
1: the yeah. doctor hanging. Right. And in the insurance world, you know, my personal experience on this as as a provider. Has been that when they have authorized and then pulled back, they were wrong to pull it back. Yes, like the the patient you dealt the with procedure some of that just recently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like the, it's it may be a coding error that they created, yeah. but whatever it is, it's not money they should be pulling back, and and that's a big problem.
2: Well, and you're in the pediatric world, you deal with Medicaid a lot, and you know Medicaid up until the COVID and the pandemic, you had to qualify every thirty days for your Medicare benefit, Medicaid benefits. Right, right. And that created such a problem among. It, it did. And it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. So but now so, they're actually there's some proposals on the table that it's either going to be quarterly, six months or maybe even annually.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it is much better. It is much better. And, and the flip side of that, just so our listeners understand why they do it. So this is based on income. Yeah. And they don't want people getting a free ride That's because they're. Maybe in between jobs, like the fifteen um, yeah. million
2: people that got a free ride for nearly three years. E-
1: exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. right. But but I do think that that with the policy, even if it is short term income loss, yep. that that we have the mechanism to go ahead and cover that. Yep. And it it is ridiculous. Even in the ACA, you know you could yep. you could get somebody that had yep. Blue Cross Blue Shield coverage, yep. and you put in an authorization for a colstectomy yep. It's approved, right? And you do the surgery. But they don't make their third payment, yep. and if they don't make their third payment, everything's dropped, right. and you can right. owe money back as That's a right. provider. That's right, and, and
2: you get balanced bill, yeah. and then they ruin your credit yeah. and everything. Yeah,
1: and and I get that they look at that and say, you know, that that would make sense as, yeah. uh, but yep. on that side, but on the side of the providers, it's unfair. To, to press that on a provider because Absolutely. we don't have the kinds of budgets that we're talking right. about when we compare to the That's insurance right. companies. Well,
2: and not only that, if someone goes to the ER and they don't have insurance, they have to be triaged and yeah. taken care of. Right. The hospital writes that off and then the federal government gives them paybacks at the end of the year based on their bad debt. But yet as a physician,
1: no paybacks, you get zero. You can't, you can't deduct it. You can't. There's nothing. There should be
2: no yeah. disclaimers on prior authorizations, Dr.
1: Martin. Yep, I agree. 100%. Yep. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right.
2: The next thing is there's ex- predicted to the 500 to 1,000 more hospitals are going to close in America between now and the end of the decade. What's, do we look up our total number of hospitals now? There are uh, something like over 5,000 hospitals 5, in America.
1: So up to – Twenty percent, twenty percent could close yeah. down. Or now yeah. they, the this is the, from the Becker's Hospital Review, right? And right. I mean, it, they they looked at it, it was closures or or acquisitions. There's closures, both. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Well, the acquisitions are going to continue, but sure. they're predicting that by the end of the decade, between five hundred and a thousand hospitals will close.
1: Yeah, the nuttiest thing about that is there are hospitals that are being opened. Yeah. Right. and yeah, There so, are new hospitals. So those systems today. that are successful. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would I would venture to say the ones that are closing are are probably you know the community hospitals that have been there for a long time and yeah. have kind of just gotten by. Yeah. And when you work in a system yeah. that has continual cutbacks, yeah. just getting by eventually turns into not getting by anymore.
2: Well, it's interesting you mention that because the most at-risk hospitals are hospitals with less than a hundred beds.
1: Yeah. Sure. And that makes and sense. It does make sense. Yeah. And and yeah. that might just be sort of the environment that of, uh, you know, survival of the fittest, that a hundred bed hospital probably isn't delivering the volume or the quality of care. I mean, I don't want to blanket that, there's probably some really good hundred bed hospitals, but there are, but, but that's gotta be rural
2: areas where they're the only,
1: right. Well, I mean, that's, that's the problem. If you have to travel too far for emergency care, I mean, we need to have a way to cover that. Yeah. And if that hospital is a, you know, a, a hospital just to cover for that as opposed to doing a lot of elective procedures, but they make their money on elective procedures. So it's, it's, it's just kind of the the economy of healthcare.
2: Yeah. Well, they say the worst job in healthcare today is the CFO of a hospital, but in, you know, and you can smile about that, but in reality, the hospital has to change their business model, Dr. Mark. Yeah. And many of them are, they're expanding out into home care. They're expanding outpatient care. And, right. and that's how they're going to survive because long-term when value-based care takes hold in every Medicare, which is half 60 million people, probably up to 80 million, 80 million, yeah. 80 million by the end of the decade, there's going to be a strong movement to keep these people away from the hospital. No, there is. Unless it's, it's, are, it's a already life there. and death right. situation.
1: And so then when you look at this hundred bed hospital, mm-hmm. um, do they have the ability to pivot and start these programs right, right, and I mean while they have some type of of equity you know and that may be the right time to do it, but it's more likely that we're gonna see this is this is where the amazons of the world kind of swoop in, and you wonder yep. if, if that's the niche that they're gonna they're gonna exactly. find a exactly. foothold you yep. know'cause and and that's a you know that's an interesting uh you know we're starting that's it's kind of an interesting way to look at this because now we're looking at these. It's almost like getting votes from the uh, yeah. the periphery you well know? It's,
2: it says too that the biggest issue, and we talked about it earlier is coming up with an equity plan for rural communities that lose these hospitals dr mark
1: right and and if is it is it more home care is it making that hospital yep. just high acuity yep. care? you know we talked about starting a hospital not yeah. not so long yeah. ago that was just going to be high acuity.
2: That's right. Right. So
1: everything else was going to be outpatient and uh, the economic models for that could be exactly what you need. But at the the very same time, the the downfall of those community hospitals is we see that quality occurs when repetition and numbers and exposure to these types of cases goes up. And so that's where we talk about things like centers of excellence. Right. So you almost need a network. Because clearly if there's a hospital there, there's a need. Yep. And if they're just not getting by, yep. you know, we need to we need to pivot as to what that yep. what that intake looks like. Can well, you I, still have something that can pivot and, and and triage someone and get them to the yep. right place safely and quickly?
2: Well I think it's gonna be a combination of changing your business model and also some legislation out there that reigns in these facility fees, Dr. Martin.
1: Yeah, but even even with that those hospitals facility fees that's what that's what's supporting them exactly. right so that would just hasten their demise yep. but yep. you know i mean i think from an overall cost perspective for the system facility fees have to go right and it may be mm-hmm. that that's actually going to going to push the environment that we're seeing and seeing more shutdowns right on those folks that, yeah. i mean it's just like i say if you're just getting by yep. in this economic environment you're not getting by anymore exactly and hospitals are yeah. no different than homeowners.
2: Well, you know, the American Hospital Association, one of the largest lobbies in the country. And my opinion, though, you want to drop facility fees, anything that is isn't in the main body of the brick and mortar should not be allowed to, to have facility fees well, that, attached that, to their That
1: fees. for sure, but I, yeah. I mean, I think we can we go can, further. Can Maybe Try we'll... getting that through Congress. Right, right. <laughs> Let's pick up on this conversation okay. when we get back in the next segment.
0: We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry.
1: You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones talking all things healthcare. We are kind of having fun with this nine healthcare megatrends part two. Uh, we decided to just dogmatically kick out part one. Uh, I'm sure if anybody that looks it up will thank us later. Um, we, we talked about hospital closures, yep. pretty good conversation yep. there. Good I mean, there are a lot of issues there. I mean, yep. and, and you know, I just remind our our listeners that we're not really delivering answers here. No. We're trying to trying to spitball some solutions that may work and and, and kind of try to express what we're seeing. You know, why are these things happening?
2: Well, everything is about equity and access to care, Dr. Mark. And when you say 500 to 1,000 hospitals, mainly in rural communities, could potentially close by the end of the decade. Now you've got a a, a catch 22 here. Right,
1: right. You've access access to health care. And I'm sure you know if you do a deep dive into what kinds of patients these hospitals are servicing, and you know, I mean, it, it's it's complicated, but it's it's not subtle. No, I mean it's it's a, a it's a big big problem. And you, we talked about some home health care type things and how that yes. might be part of the of the solution yes uh but but trend number five is transformation of remote patient monitoring yes. into remote patient management we've talked about the monitoring yep. the monitoring you know they have wireless scales the blood technology pressure cuffs. is there they, yeah it's oh yeah, it's, it's, it's there totally. it's yeah. there it's solid yep. it's funny there it's there with competitors right, right. i mean right. you can find a platform that will link your your uh, weight management, blood yep. or not management, mm-hmm. but but your weight scale, scale your blood pressure cuff, um, your your 2 sensors, yep. all put out yep. by the same company Remember we on talked the about same knowing app. Knowing your numbers, yeah, yeah blood sugar, it's all there. Blood
2: pressure, BMI, and cholesterol. Right.
1: Okay. so now you know we take that information and how do we manage it, and what's the future of that? And that that's kind of what this is pointing at, right? right. So the idea is monitoring. Yeah, monitoring is great. But if you don't do anything with the monitoring, then it's not really getting anything done. So I think, you know, step one is the appropriate monitoring. We have to be able to trust the data. exactly. The information that the physician is getting from this monitoring, it has to be trustworthy. And then we're going to need to automate response. So, again, what we can lean on, you know, machine learning, AI yep. to monitor and see trends, say, in yep. blood pressure or right. less urgently trends in right. weight management. Right. And when we get to the point that we, well, we do, we're at the point where you can do continuous blood sugar monitoring. absolutely, And those reports. And blood pressure. Right. So, so with AI, we can take combinations of that information and start to predict outcome. Exactly. And if you can predict outcome. You can intervene earlier and avoid a bad outcome. Yep. So, I mean, th- this is to me, this isn't scary. Do you know what the this,
2: biggest issue we've run into, Doctor Mark? Because we've imp- we've worked we work with a couple of different companies, uh, remote that, yeah. patient monitoring uh-huh. organizations, is getting the physician engaged to where he's comfortable that he's doing this with his patient, he
0: well, or she.
1: Th- there's so there's a responsibility arm. Yeah. So if the physician feels like they're just pushing this all over to, you know, a, a mechanized system, yep. and they don't feel yep. comfortable that if something goes wrong, right. I mean, who's who's answering to the attorneys? Exactly. Right? And, I mean, yep. they're, they're, Good but there's, there's got to be a checks and balances here that will yep. make this work. Yep. Because the information and, – and that's the thing. The AI can pick out when there's data that doesn't make sense, right? And yep. it's not – it not, the, nothing in the AI part is actually doing anything other than alerting, you know. You know and, the, what, alerting. and I've
2: looked at several of these uh, programs, and we work with, with several of them, and I can tell you the data and the re, the information that goes back to the primary care physician is very, very good. Yeah, no, it is. It very, is. Very it's
1: solid. Good. Because it, because when it's not, it doesn't report a blood sugar of, you know, that's off By a couple that it's not, it's off ridiculously and something else is going on. You know, it's like gives you a number that's not a real number in that that realm.
2: And the other thing in this remote patient monitoring, not only to to just report the data, if your chronic illness ends up in the red, Mm -hmm. it'll alert you. Yeah. To do something about it immediately.
1: Right, right. And worst case scenario, you go in for an urgent care visit that yeah, you didn't need. That's right. And and better safe than sorry. That's right. And that's where you set the AI's parameters exactly. to, to you want you wanna you want to overreact right. more than underreact. Right. But what you're not talking about doing is doing an automated insulin delivery exactly and without some type of human oversight exactly yeah and, I and get so, it. Yeah. so so that's why i say that that this is a pretty pretty straightforward positive thing that we yeah, can work yeah. on and we're there i mean now okay but but what's you were talking about the problem being implementation of the physician right what's the Engagement. real gauge what's the real problem well the money exactly who's going to pay who's going to pay for it. that's right and when we look at this technology it actually isn't that expensive The management is more so. The AI is another add-on. Well, you know,
2: there's a lot of programs in our community through Ken Peaches Health Council in East Central Florida. Mm -hmm. They have a paramedics program that go out and do this kind of stuff in the home. And at the same time, they connect with the physician while they're in there to get that oversight.
1: You know, I don't know. Americans are are really bad at not seeing the savings and only seeing the costs. Yeah. And I think that that we we're just raised that's that a, way, that's right? A great point. And and yeah. it's hard. It's harder for us to see that. Yeah. And I guess it's. And I, I say Americans because I mean, if you look at worldwide healthcare systems, everything's different. Well, I mean, isn't it's it all, about it's changing all different. your behavior too. Yeah, I mean, to getting knowledgeable
2: is. about wh- how, what to do and how to access right more affordable health care?
1: Yeah, but when yeah. I mean, it, it, once we admit how broken we are and how much better we can do, that should go by the wayside. Exactly. You know, and I, I think yeah. I think that's yeah. that that's that's my hope for for the future there is that, that we're gonna be able to see and, and and I don't even mind having to say that look, it's got to be a quick payback. You know, I don't want yeah. something that, that's over the next hundred years. That's right. But we want that's to right. see something because we're yeah. not in a over a hundred years issue here. We're we're yeah. in an issue yeah. where we really need to respond to the finances. Yeah. And of it's healthcare. interesting
2: you mentioned the payment of it uh, I have helped several of these remote patient monitoring companies get contacts with the major payers, yeah. and some of them push back. Some of the payers? Some of the payers push back, yet they understand this is a diversion of the ER and a potential admission.
1: Right, and and the insurance companies are better at that. They're getting better. but But I'm sure – when, when you've got a bunch of different companies to choose from, well, now they're trying to figure out, well, who's the best, who's, who's the, the cheapest, best. what yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, it's probably a little confusing. Yeah. And I would I would tell you that these companies are going to be made and broken by the decisions of the big payers. Absolutely. And, and competition being as it should be, yep. you know, maybe it's sort of, you know, like uh, the yeah. PBMs, like some of them yeah. are going to be working – for for and one, group not just and just one group, it's just competition
2: that the payers, it's who the payers choose based on recommendations from like large organizations like us.
1: Yeah, true, true. Yeah, no, it is. That's, they've got they got to follow on yeah. with it. Yeah. So. And,
2: you know, uh, to roll right into that, the next mega big trend, and we talk about this all the time, Dr. Mark, expansion of comprehensive primary care. And and the corporate entrance of primary care in America and all the big boys that are getting into it, we could talk about this for five shows.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for it's very personal for us, yeah. and so I mean, I, I mean, I try, to, I try to step back, even in situations like this, and say, well, okay, well, maybe it's good, right? Maybe yep. maybe yep. it's going to work. I, I don't feel that in my heart. I just no. don't see that 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 type of was it, was it commod, yeah. commoditizing? Is that a word? You know, making making it, that primary. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. T- taking that, that personal side yeah. because, I mean, that's what Well, when really, venture
2: capital money's in it, it's about the money. Yeah, it's for sure. It's not about the patient.
1: Yeah, or, and even if it's not, I mean, in a lot of these cases, the money is really the big corporations trying to drive business to their other money-making pieces. Yep. Yeah. And you know, people are gonna get, get lost in the way in the in, on the wayside yeah. doing that.
2: And there's so many organizations that are buying up I mean, you got Walgreens, C V S, Walmart, even have Best Buy getting yep. into primary care now. Yeah. I mean Best
1: Buy. What was it? Is it what the do- dollar? World? What, was it Dollar General or Dollar Store? Dollar General. Dollar General. Yeah. Dollar General. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. getting it was mostly it was yeah. mostly equipment and, yeah. and equipment and whatnot. The the these, medical these equipment. These yeah. different groups yeah. that, that are jumping into healthcare. Yeah. But yeah, no. The, the, but the, but specifically those that are trying to build primary care forces, it doesn't. You know, it, it's just crazy. The primary care doc has been like the target of so many experiments in in in, right. in the United States healthcare. Yep. So you, it, it went throughout the country in different zones. You had hospitals that that identified them as the gatekeeper, as the ones who drove business to the hospital, and they go buy up a bunch mm-hmm. of primary care docs. And then they weren't working, you know, efficiently. Uh, the sat- level of satisfaction of the patients yep. was wasn't there. And then they they get rid of the docs, yep. and so that cycle, yep. you and I have seen at least ten times, and in many different. And, and, and that's looks. that's just in 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 our region, yep. And yep. they happen it happens in different states at different times. So, I mean, I think that's a, a piece of the confusion too. Yeah,
2: And everybody's fighting for the attribution of the patient.
1: Yep. Yeah. And now, but now this is new, right? This yep. is, this is a new way to uh, spin the heads of the primary care docs. Exactly. And it's not pretty. I mean, I, I don't see it being the outcome that is going to be acceptable to, certainly yep. not to the physicians, yep. but I don't think it's going to be acceptable to well, the what, patients.
2: What's interesting to me is 30% of Americans have multiple chronic illnesses and 80% of healthcare costs today deal with chronic conditions.
1: Yeah. Totally. So
2: the primary care physician is absolutely needed right in the most powerful way right. in treating patients.
1: Right. And that's not the motivation of these organizations. That's right. The motivations are the same thing like yep. man this is this is really a lot of money that's going to be spent on these chronic illnesses yep. and we want them to spend that money at our institution and that used to be the institution used to be the hospital yep. but then hospital charges get get crazy and insurance companies cut back yep and yep. hospitals as we just said are closing down right. so now you have these other commercial entities that are like well you know what we can benefit on this just by getting a market share of the of the Materials management right, of these diseases. Right, right. They're not talking about curing disease, no. you know, and and th- it's just, I don't know. I can't, I really can't wrap my head around where this is good for the whole system. Yeah. And I, I wish I could, because yeah. if I could tell all our doctors that, yeah, this is the best company you yeah. should sign on with, I'd right. be happy to do that. But I just, no. I just don't see it. I don't well, know. I what am I missing, you. Larry?
2: Well, the good news is we are probably bringing on five to ten new physicians a month in our IPA that are either leaving the hospital, right, leaving a large mega group, or just wanting to be an independent physician again.
1: Yep, we need to That's a know, good con- thing, continue working on them yep. and, and getting their expectations real and moving forward. So, yep. hey, nice, nice chat today. Yep. I think we covered a lot of things. We did. Hope the uh, listeners enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to get back together and do it again soon. Absolutely. See you next week. See you next week.